Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me on Psychomedy Daily Dose today, it's Stephen Allen. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. That's almost effectively the theme of the podcast, isn't it? I do like that. That's the the easy start to any of this business. How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but we genuinely care now. Usually I wouldn't care when I asked you how you're doing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you say you're okay, well, that's good. That's good news. That's good news. Yeah. So I ask this as well on this podcast. What is the lockdown situation? I believe, without giving too much away for the Stephen Allen fans, you're a resident of my neck of the woods, Hackney. Yeah, uh, actually, as well, that's true. I get to write a little newspaper column in the local paper in the Hackney Gazette. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that. You lucky, you're famous. I mean, you are that, famous. That is the level of fame that I could probably claim. <laughs> no one's heard of me, but I get to do stuff that no one reads. Yep. And I, I got the idea ages ago from I used to write stuff on a blog like we all did in the late 90s and early 2000s. And mm. I just thought, well, I'm, I'm writing stuff that could be published. So mm. why not get in touch with places that could publish them? And I've, it's effectively a hobby, but I absolutely love it because um, once a week I get to sit down and force an opinion about something out of me. And yeah. it's nice because that way you get to learn more about what you actually think about stuff. If you never stop to think about it, those opinions lie on the inside unnoticed. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. And as you say, I think particularly during this time, I think you need something sometimes to force you into action, you know, like a, a deadline, you know, because so, so many of us don't have any deadlines anymore apart from self-imposed ones. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's exactly the, the thing I've gone through as well. I loved how busy I was before all of this. Used yeah. to do some radio stuff, used to do some stand up and it all vanished in the space of a few days. And I think that was a problem as well. I, I'd always imagined if my career ended, it would be a <laughs> slow, protracted <laughs> painful death and it was just yeah in a space of a couple of days the diary emptied because uh, i used to do some shows with the bbc and they changed the the lineup of all bbc local stations to deal with coronavirus so the radio stuff i did just ended all at the same time i've never felt so jobless in my life oh god yeah it was scary it was scary all in a all in a as you say in a couple of hours it was like surely this isn't happening oh maybe it is oh no it definitely is it's all (laughs) gone it's all gone yeah, God, that was scary. But, you know, I was talking to Alex Lowe yesterday on this and he seemed really busy. But looking at your stuff, I I think you're the busiest of everyone right now. Looking at your stuff, it looks great what you're doing. 
Well, I mean, only one of the things I do is paid. That's the difference, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Busy in that way then. Busy yeah. unpaid. Yeah. Yeah, we could all be busy if we're just doing <laughs> stuff, but to try and get someone willing to pay for it. That's good. I mean, the, the the motivation is 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 the key thing to do stuff, particularly if you're unpaid. I think, and uh, the stuff that you're putting out there is great. I I really love it. Oh, thank you. Do you know, I, I totally agree with uh, Mark Dolan. I heard the episode, the long form episode you did with him. And in yeah. there, he he was saying yeah, that lovely quote that um, your soul doesn't know what you're invoicing for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was listening to that in the car and it just st- struck me. It's like, yeah, exactly. That's why I do stuff. I don't really care if I don't get paid or not, because I, I do it because I need to do it. Yeah. No, absolutely absolutely i've given myself like a few days off because i'm doing this and i'm doing another few silly things online but i've given myself a few days off uh, from doing anything i mean i've got kids i should be hanging around with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but when i give myself a day off doing anything creative i do i i don't feel good really i don't feel as good as i do usually yeah. i mean yeah. it's probably an addiction isn't it because we do get something from it and we yeah. can effectively do it whenever we want that's like those people in hospital beds who press the morphine button you know they've given an upper limit and we we're not we can just keep doing stuff that makes us feel a little bit better yeah nice nice so yeah hackney is always beautiful as we know every single inch of hackney is beautiful but i'd say it's particularly beautiful uh this time you know london is london looks scarily kind of beautiful looks empty and nice and it's lovely to cycle around are you enjoying hackney on your hour a day you're allowed out the house you're doing anything Um, particular no, not really. I mean, to be, to be fair, some days I don't take my hour out of the house. I'm yeah. I'm naturally introverted and love being at home anyway. So I've I've felt less of a challenge. The other people I know have struggled more with being locked in that side of it. Um, and I don't know whether this is just me convincing myself of it, but the air looks better. I feel <laughs> that I can see further, like the yeah. brickwork on the buildings opposite are just crisper. And this is all oh, right. It's depressing. I know we're not here to be depressed, but. Isn't it a great sign of how bad humans are? Because the rest of the animals aren't in lockdown and it's lovely out there. You get rid of us for a while. And I know Hackney's busy anyway, so the traffic, that's the problem. But as soon as you get us off the road and in our houses, the world is better. Yeah, you know, yeah, it is. It is. There, there, there will be some good things coming out of this. And one of them is the environment we've already hit all our targets for this century so (laughs) (laughs) we can stop worrying about it now that's done that's that's parked yeah we can start throwing plastic back in the sea (laughs) yeah yeah well it's good to hear you're coping coping with it well i mean yeah does this kind of does this fall into your usual pattern then what you're doing i mean are you missing anything in particular the i suppose the the sense of self-worth from gigs yeah, um, and, and I know you shouldn't just get your sense of self-worth from that, but that's I think it's a it's a common reason why we all got into standing in front of strangers trying to make them laugh. Yeah, um, and I, I do feel that's a problem. And it would have been an easier lockdown for me because you know I've got the personality type of someone who should just be locked down anyway. I love it. <laughs> I watch films where they hate where they threaten solitary confinement on prisoners. I'm like, you kidding me? That'd be great. You're in prison. <laughs> Want to get away from prisoners? Um. But it was made trickier because, and I've talked about this on social media a bit, that just before all this lockdown happened, my mum had been ill for ages. And part of the Edinburgh show that I did talks about the Alzheimer's and stuff. And then she passed away this year. And I 
I, well, thank you very much. But I, I mean, I thought, okay, I've, you know, we've all been through grief. I know what I need to do now. Uh, and then this lockdown threw me a curveball. So actually, it would have been an easier lockdown for me if it weren't for the fact I've been trying to get my head around that when it's easier to deal with grief when life is normal as the canvas that you're painting it on. But when uh, this thing happens, I don't have a clue which way I'm facing some days. So it's very much ups and downs, keeping busy for the sake of keeping busy. Some days are brilliant. Other days are like, what the heck is going on? 2020, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, sorry to hear that. It, it is it is, it is, is so up and down, even if you've got quite a good situation. But yeah, anything that happens outside of the situation, just, yeah, God, it's, uh, yeah, must be very hard to cope with i mean yeah alzheimer's particularly alzheimer's has affected my family and is affecting dementia is affecting my family at the moment and it's uh god it's it's hard to deal with at the best of times but uh yeah this time more than ever more than ever and it's it does i'm I'm sure you feel this as well i was trying to find the words to help me understand what it is that i'm feeling because my dad is still with us and he's got dementia as well and i'm sorry but you'll feel this as well that the coronavirus comes along and attacks people like that it is worse for if you're older you're vulnerable if you've got yeah. dementia you're not going to be on top of you know you trust other people to not have that disease to come near you he's in a care home and i was yeah. reading today you know all the deaths in care homes and to have your emotional vulnerability in someone else that you're not allowed near is yeah. terrifying it's like walking around with your internal organs just out there for for the birds to attack and you can't stop them and yeah. um, so that's and I, I really I see a lot on social media every day. People that I know on social media have lost loved ones to this coronavirus. So what I'm feeling with this mixture of lockdown and grief every single day, it's like another you know, 700 people are going to feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So eventually, I think it's going to become like the the main theme of ha- of the problem of lockdown. We can all get used to staying inside. But uh, the, the real cost is hitting families and then dealing with grief during this is going to be the big thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. That's heartbreaking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, are you, are you able to call your dad and FaceTime him or? Yeah. Yeah. They're great at the care home. Yeah. They've, they've got some tech in to do it. And, mm. um, it's brilliant because he, he doesn't really understand how there's a little picture of Steve on there, <laughs> which is quite good. And he also doesn't know not to press the button that turns the camera around. So I always end up having half the conversation with his shoes. <laughs> um, but what can you do you can't really say to him just press the the front facing button you can't do any of that so you never know what you're going to get and that's it, yeah there is a reassurance to actually see that he's still safe and you know of all the times to have to go through a lockdown i think we're doing well 2020 does have the internet and all this lark and if it weren't for that it would be a lot tougher yeah so your your last number show was uh involved that did it it had a, like a big slice of it yeah the yeah, whole show yeah. was about effectively just being a nicer person mm. and because I, I took as the premise of the show my belief that we all know the right and wrong things to do like if you mm. were to write a script you'd know which action to give to the goody and which action to give to the baddie and then after that in real life we start giving ourselves reasons to not do the nice things or to excuse <laughs> doing the bad things yeah and, and part of it um about just you know being nicer it, it, it you know i can't do the whole hour show now but it, 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 <laughs> do it do it <laughs> i mean let's be honest i like to keep busy it we've got be. time i've got time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think if if we can actually take that as a premise and be nicer because of it it will mean that we'll treat everyone better and i think we all need that and then things like dementia comes along and and makes people need niceness yeah absolutely man yeah i uh, i'm 
I'm optimistic that what I'm seeing already, the way people are talking to each other and the way, you know, if you ignore the real, there's yeah. bad stuff, you know, not everyone's being nice, but I think generally people are talking to, talking to well, me certainly in a more loving way and in a more open way. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're so right. There's bound to be so many good things and not just maybe less carbon. I think this is going to be our version of the Blitz spirit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. When we uh, when we escape from this. But yeah, just, just, just the way people are talking to me online, it's just, a, you know, it's it's a bit more loving. I think people are recognizing the small things in life are the important things. And um, yeah, God, my goodness, seeing your seeing your parents, particularly when they're in this situation, man, mm. I feel for you. Lots of love for that. Jeez. Um, so, I mean, yeah, all, as I say, all your all your online stuff, I mean, God, particularly with that going on i mean it's uh, it's remarkable what you're putting out it's just so interesting it's funny you know it's like usually i don't want to hear about kind of new situations but you're <laughs> making it interesting and funny and um i mean i've seen that the only thing i see is the is the news briefing every day that's the one thing i check in on or i listen to it when i'm in the shower that gives away my my lifestyle right <laughs> at the moment showering at 5 p.m but um yes i mean there is a lot of comedy in that as, much, as tragic as it is, but there is a lot of comedy in that in that daily briefing, particularly when uh, Pretty Patel is uh, taking the stand. <laughs> so good, isn't it? And that's <laughs> when when this started. So back when I was still doing the radio show and we were making a podcast from it, um, I I almost wanted to do a little special where we where we looked at how I dealt with coronavirus each week from when we first heard of it, because. Mm. Like week one, everyone's doing silly jokes about what the word Corona sounds like. Um, week two, everyone got scared because the news from China was about death. And then by the time week three comes along, it moves to Europe and there are other issues to deal with. So you, you can do jokes about travel bans rather than the death. And now it's over here. There's so much detail that, yes, of course, it's tragic. People are dying. But you definitely can make a joke if a politician can't read out a long number. <laughs> so like, the more detail there is the more we can laugh and hopefully that's good for us yeah god my goodness there was there was so much in that one press briefing from Priti patel it was the, the answers were so long it was it was about an hour and a quarter an hour and a half when usually it's only 40 minutes they were so long and for i think i made a note of it actually i think i put something on twitter that there was like seven questions and five of them the answer was no that was the answer. No. <laughs> Will you apologize? No. And I loved when she said, um, what did she say? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dot, 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 if you feel that way when she was asked to apologize. Like the most childish argument that you're getting through with your partner. Say sorry. Well, I am sorry that you're that you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. I mean, that's it's it's true that you see that you can laugh at it. And what I love about that uh, specific type of laugh is it dies down with a little bit of misery, a little bit of, oh, it's funny, isn't it? Oh, she's in charge. <laughs> yeah, she's the actual Home Secretary, yeah. Oh yeah, you get from Trump uh, often, yeah. You have a laugh and then you go, oh, my God, that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> who's your, who's your favourite uh, character from the cabinet that you've seen? I, I have my favourites now. It's yeah, I tell you, I'm really quite enjoying watching um, Matt Hancock do the briefings and all the things because he looks towards the camera like he is terrified. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's so nervous. Like the next word he says might accidentally be something that gets him fired. He's got that look on his face. And I suppose it is true. <laughs> you know, he's, he probably didn't think he'd have to deal with anything this important. And he doesn't look like the person you'd put in charge of anything this important. He was just stood holding the job at the wrong time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I compare it to stand up. You know, you see the people rise to the top and the people playing the, you know, the arenas. And the, these people are the arena players of the government. Matt Hancock, Pretty Patel. They're the Michael McIntyres. They're the Stephen Allens of, uh, of, <laughs> of the business. And they, yeah. Why are they? Why are they nervous? Why are they? Why are they look terrified? I don't know. I mean, it is it is a challenging situation. Absolutely. But so is, I guess, playing the O2 and doing stand up. But you've learned how to do it. I don't know. Although there is something and I'm part of the problem on this. The when they stand there doing the press briefings, they have to do it because, you know, that is a way of looking like you're a good government. Mm. And you know that everyone's tuning in, waiting to pick the fault. And actually, it's a stroke of genius to make the fault that everyone tweets about reading out a number a bit wrong. It's, it's not really a criticism of anyone, is it? Um, yeah. It was great that she did that. Otherwise, it all would have been about the terrible apology. Um, I'm sorry if you think we've not had enough PPE. That would have been the almost career ending faux pas. But then read yeah. out a number wrong. Boom, you win. So, yeah, it must be terrifying to realize everyone watching it is just waiting for you to say something wrong just so they can hopefully end your political career. <laughs> it is similar to stand-up in a way, isn't it? With a, with a, with a harsh audience. <laughs> Although, we've, yeah, we've all done those gigs where people would love to end your career at that gig. I don't know why, but they would, they'd would—they'd want to heckle just to see someone be broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the gong show at the Comedy Store. I've never been. But, um, <laughs> from what I've seen, it's like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get you on a on a main episode of um, Psychomedy and delve deeper into your into your mind how are you usually with stand-up and nerves and anxiety i i'm always more nervous than people think one of the things that even when i started people said oh you look really confident i was like really because yeah. i felt like i was bricking it um so i well, think your I can... voice your voice is very calm and reassuring and yeah. calm, calm and confident <laughs> i'm the vocal version of a swan it's, it's smooth <laughs> coming out the mouth but on the back okay. oh it's all it's all work down there um, so I yeah I do get a lot of nerves but no one ever notices I do struggle with because um, the problem with the way I've done comedy is I've put myself in it a lot which means every time a joke doesn't land or a gig is turned down or anything that goes badly mm. I still take it way more personally than I know that I should right yeah um, so yeah that's you know that that would be the the angle that I delve into because I've really struggled to have the defense the the internal fortitude to hear a heck or a bad criticism which is what the internet is i mean even oh. the newspaper articles the only people who ever post on the online version of it are just people going like he's not funny <laughs> yeah what have you added to the world by saying that but every so often if i catch those on a day when i'm not ready for it it still gets to me yeah well yeah i mean i think you'd be a very very strong or strange person for it not not to get to you yeah mm. God. Yeah, I'd love to get you on the main episode and uh, talk talk more about this. Um, so, yeah, apart from the online stuff, you're doing the MASH report still, which is great. Getting better numbers than ever, isn't it? It's looking good. And you know what's almost terrifying about it? I think it really works. And it really works so much, <laughs> the, like the new version. I'm worried that they'll never let us back into a studio. Um, <laughs> we've, we've filmed it all in our own homes. Yeah. Um, so yours the, looks particularly good. That backdrop. I mean, God, you, I mean, you're Mr. Tech. There's a lot to learn from you, not just in comedy, but in tech. Yours is amazing. Well, I, that's the thing. I do like I'm very grateful that I am a nerd. I never <laughs> liked it when I was growing up. Ended up, I did a science degree before I thought of even trying to write jokes. And actually, it's really useful. So doing all this stuff from home, all like the the podcasts, all the recording kit I managed to set up myself and the 
I had some help in setting up the the camera because you know they they can't afford to just leave it to someone like me. But <laughs> it's just a phone call from some guy saying like, okay, let's set up the camera, and you get all the tech working, and it, yeah, it, it works to not have that live audience. But I miss it because yeah. there's something great about being. And we filmed uh, like series the first couple of series on the London studios, and then Pinewood. So these are places that I'd never get to be if it weren't for that show, and yeah. it felt really cool. We were meant to do this one in Elstree. And then I've been doing it in my front room instead. And that feels <laughs> lower status. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting that you say it's like it's, you know, in some ways it's better than ever. And will we go back to I was talking to Scott Kapoor about this, I think, yesterday or day before um, about, you know, he's doing a lot of online stuff at 8 p.m. And you're saying, is this the new is this the new alternative comedy? Is this the way things are going to be? Is this the way people are maybe going to choose to do things after this? I, yeah, I, I get that point. The only counter that comes into my head straight away is we're forgetting the role of um, the pint of beer and the going out experience for that audience. <laughs> yeah. we, we think they're just there for the comedy and I can do comedy from sat in front of my webcam. <laughs> yeah. They're there for the beer and the night out and you're just part of the fluff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they don't remember the jokes. They remember what beers they've had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, as always, I could talk to you all day. Um, but yeah, get Stephen Allen's stuff online. I love so much of your stuff. I, I love you talking about conspiracy theories. I'm particularly in, not into them. I'm into people that talk about them in the way that you do. There's some crazy stuff out there. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And I, I, I watched that Netflix documentary where the message was, don't mock these people who are into conspiracy theories. Science has failed by not convincing them. And I believed that for all of about three minutes and I went back to thinking, no, nah, I want to mock people for having idiotic <laughs> beliefs. Come on. Why should I? Why should I have to play fair? They think no one's ever landed on the moon. Come on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So apart from my chance seeing you in Hackney and seeing me, if you're a super fan or a stalker and want to hang around Hackney for the day to try and get me get a glimpse of me or Steve, uh, where's best to get you on Twitter? at Stephen Allen. And I notice uh, about I yeah. sorry to be a geek as well, but I notice about your Twitter, you're sharing things that are like 20 minutes long because you've got a thing that's on like dot FM or something. It's it's great. Basically, it's great comedy and it's great tech. I thought you could only share something that was a minute and there's something from you that's 20 minutes. Yes. And it depends how you how you put it on. So I do. I the, yeah. The uh, basically, again, this is the thing. I'm so grateful. I'm a nerd. Instead of setting up a podcast by just Googling for how do you do a podcast and go into the first service that offers it? I learn all about the RSS feed. So I make mm. my podcast via my own actual website and mm. like host the MP3 myself. So I get to send it wherever I want. And then you can pick the services that let you just embed it in a tweet. Mm. beautiful beautiful That's... i want to do i want to do a podcast just about just about making how to make a podcast <laughs> the technical side of how to make a podcast it's called it's called pod make with Stephen nathan <laughs> and yeah probably no one had listened to it but that's not stopped me doing other content before <laughs> i wouldn't even listen to it as i was doing it i'd have i'd have headphones on <laughs> playing music <laughs> Right, Steve, a delight to talk to you. Stay well and stay as optimistic as you are. And yeah, lots of love to you and uh, and the family for what you're going through there. My goodness, uh, as you say, uh, so many people are going through those kind of things. And yeah, so many news stories coming out about care homes. And man, I feel for you. We all feel for you.
Thank you very much. Yeah, I think this is it's a time that we should realise that level of compassion is probably needed in every flipping direction right now. Yeah, absolutely not. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. Lots of love to you. Cheers. Always a pleasure. The wonderful Steve N. Allen there. Check out his Twitter, Steve N. Allen. And you can see the MASH report. I think it's Friday, BBC Two, 10 o'clock. So much love to Steve and anyone that's going through hard times at the moment, particularly as we talked about anyone who's got relatives in hospitals or care homes and can't see them. My heart goes out to you. All our hearts go out to you. And what an amazing job the carers and the NHS are doing. Lots of love to you all. Lots of love, lots of love, lots of love. That is the one thing that's going to come out of this, I think, as I've said before in this podcast. Love. More love in the world. Thanks so much for joining. That is our show for today. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us some love. Give us a five-star review. Pass us any comments. It's always so much appreciated. It keeps us going. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk or at psychomedypod. And you'll get mental health tips there from our counselling partners, threadup.co.uk, who are offering free check-ins for anyone, any creatives that can't afford counselling at this time. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Pod people.